Bellissimo Files, home to the world's biggest stars. Get your hands up! Live on your radio. And you can check us out on your socials. Your favorite person, Serena. Serena! <laughs> The Bellissimo Files on Spin. And now your host, yeah. Serena Bellissimo. Good morning. How's it going? I hope you're having a lovely start to the day. Um, we've got a fabulous show on the way. Henry Cavill. Yep, he's going to be on today's show. He's going to be talking all about The Witcher Season 2 and the possibility of career-ending injuries. Jack Whitehall is going to reveal why his family want him to perform at Kim Kardashian's kids' parties. And up next, Scythe is going to be our one to watch. This week's One to Watch is a songwriter and musician who has recently been dubbed one of the most inspiring and exciting artists of our time. I'm talking about Sive. Sive, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Sive, when you get described as the most inspiring and exciting artists of our time. How does that feel? And what type of pressure does that put on you? <laughs> I don't know. I think thing, I don't think things like that really register with me, which is probably a good thing. You know, it's just, it's lovely, but it was just it was just someone's opinion. I don't know if it's true. <laughs> That's really interesting that you say that because you know a lot of people say I try not to take in the bad stuff because I just let that slide over. And it's interesting that you sort of don't take in the good stuff either because then you're just not taking in anything and you're, you're allowing yourself to do what you want to do and not letting other people's judgment guide you. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I wish it was true. I think I'm much better at taking in the bad stuff than the good stuff. <laughs> you Why do we do that? I don't know. It's like if someone says something bad, you're like, oh, yeah, well, that's true. I'm terrible. And if someone says something good, you're like, yeah, but that that's just that person's opinion. You know, most people probably, probably don't agree with that. <laughs> Slide, can we turn that psychology around then and get you focused yes. on, on the good yeah, let's, stuff? Let's turn it around. Yeah, because your good stuff is great. And you started this at the age of 15. How did you get started? Um, I started playing in a band, actually, when I was 15. Um, it was like a kind of a, we were inspired by all the grunge rock kind of bands we were called the eyes of hells i wasn't the singer i was a guitarist i wanted to be like a wailing lead guitarist back then but that, <laughs> that was kind of where it started so how do you go from that wailing lead guitarist <laughs> to standing on stage on your own with great difficulty um <laughs> i i suppose i was all even then i was still kind of writing my own more acoustic-y songs that we weren't really doing with the band so that was going hand in hand but I had no interest in getting up on stage on my own and like the first time I did it it was a disaster it was actually in college and it was like yeah no don't do that how did you keep going then like you have a disaster first show and fast forward all these years later and you're doing it all over the world I don't know I don't know I guess I just I wrote songs and I liked singing them, so I kept at it. <laughs> As I mentioned there, like you have played on stages, not just in Ireland, but in Europe, in New Zealand. I know a stage is a stage, but when you're getting up on a stage in New Zealand, what is going through your mind? Like that has to be really surreal. Yeah, uh, I guess it, it, it's weird. It depends on the day. I can't, and I can't really pinpoint how come some days I'm like, yeah, this is totally fine. And other days I'm like, what am I doing? But it, it doesn't even really, you know, it doesn't depend on the size of the stage. In fact, sometimes the smaller ones are scarier because you can see everyone's faces and sometimes the bigger ones are, it's, yeah, it's just less, 
in your face, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, talking about being on stage, um, all going well, the 21st of December. Tell me about that. Yes, I have a gig in Clonacody House in Tipperary. It's kind of, it's with Mike Hanrahan and Emma Langford and it's uh, like songwriters in the round. So we'll all just be on stage together for an hour, an hour and a half, just kind of swapping stories and songs. We've done it in this format a few times together and it's really nice. So I'm looking forward to that. It's hanging in there. I think that gig will, will be okay. It's a small audience. And um, you've just released your latest single, Winter. Perfect timing, but it's not about the yeah. season. <laughs> Tell me what it's about. Well, it is that sort it's of. not. Yeah. It's, it's a metaphor, but it's also literal as well. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah, it's about kind of um, when you go through one of those phases where you're maybe just a little bit fixated on just death and impermanence of everything and everyone around you. And I guess it is about the season and like taking comfort in kind of watching how like seasons change and, you know, things aren't linear and they ebb and they flow. And I, I was thinking about that idea that like it's very easy to think about winter as a time when everything is bare and desolate. But actually, when the trees are bare and things are quieter, you can see and hear things that you, you can't in summer. And I suppose you could liken that to our own, like, I suppose, periods of darkness. They show you a different perspective that if you're just going around feeling easy breezy all the time, you're never really going to learn anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and... This isn't the only new track we're going to hear in the next few months. Hopefully there's an album coming. Yeah. So this is actually the second single that I released from the album and there will be another one or two in the new year. And then, yeah, the album is ready to pretty much ready to go. So that'll be out in late spring, early summer. Date to be confirmed. Okay, well, if we want to find out the date, give us your social handles so we can follow you and find out all the info there. Yeah, so I'm Sive, S-I-V-E underscore music on Instagram and on Twitter and Facebook it's just there's no underscore S-I-V-E music I do have a Patreon if anyone is interested in Patreon where I share new songs and actually my my patrons have already heard the demo versions of most of what's on the album so if you join my Patreon you can hear loads of new music if you're into it Oxide, good luck with all of that um, enjoy the gig on the 21st Thank of December you. and Thank oh you. I, can't, I think this is going to be my first happy Christmas Enjoy Christmas. Oh, Happy Christmas. Yes. I think we can say that now. Happy yeah. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sive, before I let you go, though, will you introduce your track for us? Yes, I'm Sive, and this is Winter on the Bellissimo Files. Winter has come today. I've watched it shed the clouds and turn to blue from grey. It's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On spin. Fans of The Witcher are very, very excited right now because in just under one week, season two premieres on Netflix. Henry Cavill, Cavill is back as Geralt. If you know nothing about the series, all you need to know is it's based in on fantasy novels. Henry is Geralt. He's a solitary monster hunter who struggles to find his place in a world where people are more often than not more wicked than the beasts. He's also forced to confront his own destiny. Do you know what? I'm going to stop talking. Let's hear Henry tell us more about it. Henry, congratulations on this season. Thank you very much. I just want to apologise in advance. If you can hear a weird noise, it's Cal. He's drinking water right now. It's okay. not something. I was, I was going to ask about Cal. Yeah. I love that you have brought your dog to these junkets. How's he finding them? It's just a regular day for him. He's, he's <laughs> always um, travelling about the place and, and accompanying me to work. So he enjoys meeting new people. I was on your Instagram yesterday and I found one of your posts so refreshing. When it comes to junkets, Henry, a lot of people complain about them 
and I get it. Three, four days of press, it can't be the most interesting thing you get to do in your job. But you actually thanked every single journalist that interviewed you. Can you tell me about that? Because it was so refreshing to say. Not that we expect thank yous, but it was so refreshing. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys are doing a job too. And there is a big difference when you can tell when someone's come in and, and they've, they've done their homework or done their prep, just like you have. And you have interesting discussion to have and interesting conversation. And, and that makes the, the tricky part of these press tours, which is the repetition, that makes it interesting. And so it's everyone's doing a job here. And uh, I think everyone deserves thanks for it. Your job's a little bit harder, though, especially when you get to injure yourself on set. It's not, not something that everybody wants to do. But then you decide to actually continue working through it, Henry. How do you do that and actually give 100%? Because at the back of your mind, you have to be thinking, if I injure myself, that's not just this job. That's many jobs to come. Absolutely. And that was something which was playing around the back of my mind a lot. I had the injury. I tore the hamstring just before Christmas. And so we then went on Christmas hiatus early and then went back a week later than planned because of the pandemic uh, spiking particularly bad in the UK at that time. And then when I was back, I'd gone through a certain amount of physio, I'd come off the crutches, and the, my physiotherapist, Freddie Murray, had said, right, no more than five hours a day on your feet. And it got to a point where production were asking me for more hours in the day, and I was saying, look, I can't, but then wanting to be helpful and so working six hours, five and a half, seven, and then it came to fight scenes later, and the fight scenes are the really tricky ones because I'm thinking exactly that. I could tear my hamstring again doing this if I just slip in the wrong place. But every take, you give it your all, and then it gets to a point where I just have to say, look, guys, if you don't have it by now, I'm going to have to stop. And so I, I don't want to risk injuring myself because, as you say, it could be my it could be career changing rather than yeah. just job changing. I do love, though, that, you know, you do talk about workouts and stuff. And again, I was on your Instagram yesterday and I saw that you'd finished up on Enola Holmes and I went, oh, my God, Henry Cavill isn't a superhero. He's just like us. He didn't want to do the workout. He pushed through and he went out and did it anyway. It was cold and miserable. So do you have those days where you just go, no, I'm not doing it? And then you have to talk yourself through, like, give me the secret to get yourself from the couch to outside in that miserable weather for that run it's a it's a it's a tricky one um it's just getting started and that's the trick yeah. like throw the shoes on and just get outside and and even if you it's the argument you have with yourself when you're saying oh no i'm too tired to do this so it won't be a good workout and so if you counter that argument with all right then well at least put my trainers on and i'll start to go for a run i'll just run really slowly or i'll just walk and then by the time you started, you're actually already moving and the chances are you will feel okay. And if you are completely exhausted and you've already started and you go, yeah, you know what? I'm going to walk today or I'm going to have a light workout in the gym, whatever it may be, yeah. but, you, but you've done it. And it is tricky. Yeah, really tricky sometimes, especially with long hours. And finally, Lauren Hissrick, the showrunner, has said that she sees a seven-season plan for The Witcher. Do you know what that plan is? And are you happy to go along for the ride for as long as they want you? I, I don't know what that plan is yet. Lauren has her own vision for the for the show, and the important thing for me is uh, doing justice and honour to Sapkowski's work in the books. Um, I think they are so beautifully written and so nuanced, and that is that is the key for me. Enjoy doing that. Thank you for taking the time to chat, and also cannot wait to talk to you about Enola Holmes too. Hopefully soon. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Take okay. care. You can catch Henry Cavill in The Witcher. It lands on Netflix on the 17th of December, so not long to go. Let's go! Double listen files. What to watch. What to watch.
I am very excited about this week's What to Watch. Joining me in studio is producer Aoife. Producer Aoife, it's that time of the year where this happens. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> Here? I know him. <laughs> I know Santa isn't coming yet. I think, what day are we at? We're at the, at the 11th. Oh, here's my maths. 14, 13 sleeps to go. 13 sleeps to go, 14 days to go. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but that gives us 14 days of Christmas movies. You can indulge as much as you like. So what we thought we'd do today is we talk about some of our favourites. Obviously, Elf. Elf goes without saying. Yes. We watched that last week. Yeah. I'll probably watch it again before Christmas is over. Yeah, and I had my one that I watched last week, which is my all-time favourite, and I watched it while I was putting up my tree. Is it this one? Let's see if people can guess. Oh. Ah. That's <laughs> mm. it, I'm not going. <laughs> that movie never fails to crack me up. It is just so funny. It is, of course, The Grinch with Jim Carrey, my all-time favourite. I just love it. Uh, that is fabulous. And another one is this. I'm going to stop playing clips, I promise. But these clips just get us giggling. This one, obviously. What else can we be forgetting? Kevin! <laughs> Home Alone. Now, I haven't seen Home Sweet Alone, so I'm no. not going to review it because I just, I don't think we can review something we haven't seen. No. But I, I will say it is a remake of the Home Alone film, Completely different story being told, though. Mm-hmm. It's available on Disney+. Plus. I personally can't bring myself to watch it just yet <laughs> because Home Alone is such a classic. Yeah, it really is. And look, the first one definitely as well. I love the one where they go to New York too. But from there, it kind of did mm. go downhill. Yeah, it did. Now, we know that there's other classics as well, like Love Actually, It's a Wonderful Life. But what we want to do today is talk about some not-so-classics because there are other fabulous Christmas films out there. But because we're creatures of habit, Aoife, we just keep going back to the same ones time and time yeah. again. So there's some ones that we've discovered and we want to share with people. Tell me about You Love a Netflix anime. One. Yes, so last year I actually fell in love with this movie called Klaus and it's a very traditionally animated movie. It's very different to what you would see on your Pixar or your DreamWorks or any of them. It's very, very differently drawn. It's a gorgeous story of a postman who ends up in this little town and makes friends with the local toy maker who does have a bit of like beef with the, the villagers and it's just a really lovely heartwarming story of everyone coming together and yeah I just loved it. Yeah it's gorgeous there's another one that only came out this year and I think this is going to be a Christmas classic it's called A Boy Called Christmas and again it's the Father Christmas origin story. I think going into films like this you don't need to know too much yeah. you just need to know that it's delightful, it deals with like it doesn't shy away from grief yeah. There's there's grief in there as well. And it's just a beautiful story. You'll laugh, you'll cry. There's I think when it comes to Christmas movies, you want some slapstick as yes. well. And you have a bit of that in there. But one that I really, really love and you know, there's gonna be some people going, Really? You're putting that on your Christmas movies <laughs> list? But I love it. It's stupid and silly and that's what Christmas movies is <laughs> are supposed to be. It's Fred Claus. Have you seen it? It's with Vince Vaughn, Paul I, Giamatti, Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, I think I did watch it once years ago, but it definitely wasn't one that stuck with me. So maybe I need to go back and watch again. I think you do. It's just, it's funny. Fred Claus is, see, I'm laughing even just talking about it. He's Santa Claus's really bad brother and they've had a falling out and he ends up back at the North Pole <laughs> and he ends up making everything a mess and there is just a brilliant 
dance scene involving elves. If you're going to watch it, just watch it for that alone. It's brilliant. And finally, Nativity is another one of mine. Have you seen Nativity? No, I haven't seen this one. We've all done the Nativity scene, yeah, at school. Yeah. Yeah, right? So it's based on that, the school play. Um, But it's, when was it made? I think it was back in the early 2000s, around Mm -hmm. that time. And it's Martin Freeman and it's a bunch of school kids and the ones who are the stars in this other kids. It's like they hold X Factor like auditions. Again, there's oh. slapstick, there's romance thrown in. It's just a lot of fun. So there's just some different Christmas films. It sounds like a Christmas school of rock. Sort of. Yeah. yeah. Stay away from the sequels. <laughs> the sequels are not great, but Nativity, it's just a great family film. Yeah. 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 I'll definitely add that to my list. The Bellissimo Files. Favourite things. Joining me to share his favourite things is a journalist who I don't think he has slept for the past 20 20 months. He has kept us up to date with everything COVID-related. He's written a book, A State of Emergency, The Story of Ireland's COVID Crisis. And just this week, he was almost swept away when reporting about Storm Barra. I am talking about Virgin Media's Richard... I was going to call him Richard Charlton, but it's not that. It's Richard Chambers. Richard, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Delighted to be here. Have you slept in the past 20 months? Oh, yeah. On and off. Less than I would in most other years, we'll say. Four or five hours a night has been good. (laughs) How has it been for you? Because, I mean, it's been really rough for all of us. But you, who is literally in the eye of the storm, especially on Monday and Tuesday, (laughs) but for the past 20 months, what's that been like for you? Uh, Tiring, I suppose. I mean, it's, it's important to do the work well so you do have to commit so much of your time to it like this is a situation that none of us have ever experienced anything like before so especially like there's so much attention to detail that you have to put into it to get things right you can't get any of this stuff wrong really there's so much misinformation out there as well that you need to be really at the top of your game to try and get people good information so they're not harming themselves and other people perhaps um, it's been full on it's been full on and um, I look forward to when I take any opportunity that I have for break. Well, most people would take a break and go, okay, I'm doing something completely different, but not Richard Chambers. <laughs> you go, ah, I may as well just keep going. And you produce your book, A State of Emergency. Why and how did you find the time? Yeah, I was approached in January this year um, to think about would I, would I want to do a book? And I thought, yeah, I could do it. Um, but you sort of you sort of check off all the, uh, the, the questions that, you, that or other people would have, like, is it the right time to do a book on this when we're still in it? I thought, yeah, because everybody you're going to interview is in the jobs that they are in the middle of the crisis. So you get as true a picture as possible. Are you not totally fatigued with COVID yourself? Yes, absolutely, like everybody else is. But it's important, I suppose, to do it justice while it is still here. Uh, So basically in terms of finding time, up at five o'clock every morning, hit the Nespresso machine hard. (laughs) Stick three or four pods in, hit that every morning for two hours before work, maybe half an hour in the evening and then any sort of holiday time you have for the year just goes into the book as well. So yeah, it's been a huge project. Uh, the response has been brilliant. Um, so I'm glad I did it, but probably won't be a few more years until I do another one. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you need to take a bit of a break, but let's get to know you a little bit better. Um, yes. Three favourite things. You ready? Let's go. Hit it. What TV show are you obsessing over right now? Uh, no surprises. Everybody's obsessed with Succession at the moment. So I'm I'm full on 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 on, on Succession. Heading towards the, the finale now for season three. It's been an up and down sort of season. Nice cliffhanger to get us there towards the end. I mean, it's brilliant. It's so good. 
it's so dark as well and it's just yeah. it's brilliant I mean as a journalist you get a lot of the sort of the ins and outs of media companies as well so some of it is you know stuff that you're familiar with we'll say like you know so it's, it's just brilliant besides State of Emergency what's your favourite book? Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead it's basically it's fiction um, it's a story basically of this um, teenage girl and her friend who run away from a slave plantation uh, in Georgia in the United States in the 1800s so the Underground Railroad in reality was basically this network of like abolitionists and escaped uh, enslaved people who helped slaves get off the plantations and get to the north to get to Canada where they could be free so it wasn't an actual railroad but in the book Colson Whitehead basically sticks a bit of fantasy a bit of magic into it makes it an actual railroad it's amazing it's gritty it's a great way of sort of you know shining a spotlight on the horrors of racial injustice as well as um, slavery in the United States um, but in such a really clever way this is an Amazon Prime series of it now as well actually okay uh, favourite film I love I love a lot of 80s and 90s films Goodwill Hunting for my favourite film uh, alongside like a few good men, white men can't jump, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I love those. There's some that everyone should have on their pumped up playlist. I would say, you know, that Fat Planet left field. It was in a Guinness ad in the 90s. It's it's a real sort of techno, low drum techno beat. It's brilliant. Everybody will know it. Favorite album? Favorite album is My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West. So, like, I've been a Kanye West fan for uh, since the early 2000s when he was first sort of out as a producer for Jay Z. And my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, perfect from start to finish. Uh, the production is amazing. All the features in it are great. Um, it's been my favorite album since it was released, and it still oh, wow. is. Like I've, I've, I'm a huge music nerd. I just gobble up all sorts of music, but this hasn't been hasn't been knocked from the shelf at all since then. Favorite podcast. I loved the West Cork podcast uh, about the murder of Sophie Toscan de Plantier in uh, Skull in West Cork. That's fantastic. Really good journalism in that. There's one I always recommend to people, and not many people over here seem to listen to it. It's called Floodlines, right? And it's by um, The Atlantic in the US make it. It's a really it's a beautiful audio documentary um, looking at Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans in the US. And it tells really human stories. The sound quality and all is just so immersive. It's one of those podcasts where like, you kind of have to get the headphones on and full concentrate on it rather than just like be working away with it on the background. Really good listen, so I'd recommend that. The app you can't live without. Everybody probably will guess that I will say Twitter for this, so I will. Um, <laughs> but, but besides that, Fantasy Premier League. I'm a, I'm a massive nerd, so fantasy football. We have a fantasy football league in work, which I'm good at. I'm also, I've also been invited to very strange um, leagues. I'm in a mini league with some of the cast of Ted Lasso. Back it up! How? Yeah. That's I, amazing! I yeah, I'm not going to name names here, but I got invited into it. But basically, I'm in a, in a league which has like um, Coach Beard from Ted Lasso, as well as like people like Michael Richards um, from Sky Sports and Rio Ferdinand and whatnot. So mad stuff, mad stuff. I, I, I can't I can't disclose how I'm in that league, but I'm doing pretty well. That is it's amazing. Great. Your favorite account to follow on social media? Sort of on current affairs. And there's this guy called Ross Atkins from the BBC. He's done he does loads of really good explainers about stuff that's happening. Uh, big sports guy. So um, there's a guy called Tosin McKinday uh, or N- Nigerian scams on Twitter. He's a football journalist from the United States. He's brilliant. Just hilarious. Good memes. I'm just all about memes. My, my favorite accounts are all memes and comedy. <laughs> Everything else is too miserable at the moment. So I'm just like the, the distraction. This is something I got given out to about as well. Sometimes it's like how can you post so many memes? It's like because like your social media account should be a reflection of who you are. Like it shouldn't just be all business. Nobody's all business. You know what I mean? So uh, I like things which make me laugh as well. And what's your favorite thing to do over Christmas? 
Over Christmas, um, I will be mostly down uh, with my partner, Louise, in West Cork, uh, down in Clonakilty, uh, which has become my adopted hometown, really. Uh, so I will be very much chilling out. I will be wearing pyjama pants all Christmas. Um, I will uh, walk the dog, uh, Cooper, and just really just enjoy some quiet time. Well, Richard, enjoy that. And before I let you go, I just want to say thank you to you. Zara King and Sean Defoe during this whole pandemic. If I want to know what's going on, I go to the three of you and I know that you're, you also break it down in a way that we can all understand. So for that, thank you so much. Well, that's really sweet. Thank you so much. It's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On spin. Jake Whitehall, he's made his name as a stand-up and for travelling around the world with his dad in Travels With My Father. American audiences are getting to know him now through his film work, though. He was recently on screen with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, if you don't mind, in Jungle Jungle Cruise. Well, he's now swapped that co-star for a big red dog called Clifford. They get up to all sorts in New York. Jack tells us all about it here. Jack Whitehall, congratulations on the film. Thank you. It has had a great response, but I think my favourite response of all was your girlfriend's. She was more excited about the story appearing on Kim Kardashian's Instagram than the response this has had. What was your response to that? That was a lot of responses in there, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that was not just my girlfriend. It was my, my sister and my mother as well. And they put it in the family WhatsApp group. And we're like, oh, my God, this is the proudest I've ever been of you. You've featured on Kim Kardashian's Instagram. I was like, wow, that's a really telling insight into, you know, what you find impressive. And then my mum chimed in and she was like, maybe you could go around and do um, a kid's party for them. You could go and do a little performance for Kim Kardashian's children dressed as the dog. I was like, I think I'm beyond doing children's parties now, mother, but thank you very much for the advice. I love that she's happy to pimp you out if it means that she gets to meet Kim K. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) You got to ad lib in certain scenes. As an Australian living in Ireland, a lot of what I say gets muddled up. People don't necessarily understand. As an English comic on an American set, were there any times where you ad-libbed and people had no idea what you were saying? Yeah, I think quite a lot. Like, there's quite a lot of jokes that I do that completely fly over Americans' heads. So there was a fair few times when I would say something and they would have absolutely no idea what I was talking about, be it the language barrier or be it just my sense of humour. Um, and so, yeah, you're always fighting a bit of an uphill battle when it comes to improvisation because you never know what they're going to go with. In this, you go for a walk with Clifford, with Emily, and you turn around and Casey says... It's New York. No one will notice. What has been the most surreal thing to happen to you in Hollywood? The most surreal thing to happen to me in Hollywood was probably going to the the Jungle Cruise premiere. Yeah, I hadn't been to the cinema for like two years and was flown out to L.A., for the premiere of that, which was at Disneyland, and to see my movie on a big screen in Disneyland with all these fans that had come out, it was very overwhelming and was definitely like thus far the biggest kind of like pinch me uh, moment that I've had in my kind of American film career. Jack, when you were starting out, if anyone said to you, this is what your career is going to look like, what would you have said to them? Would you have believed them? Uh, no, no, no. I, I definitely didn't see it all kind of like panning out like this. And, you know, whilst obviously, it would have been a pipe dream to uh, be doing kind of big studio movies. It was certainly never like a given. And uh, yeah, I feel so fortunate and blessed that I'm able to to make films like this. And um, 
or put them out into the world right now as well it feels you feel extra lucky just because it's been uh such a long journey to get this one into cinemas um because of all of the delays and the pandemic and so yeah just feel so lucky that uh it's finally going to be seen by an audience i was reading an interview you did and you were talking about your early career and you said i wish that the first part of my career when i was finding my feet and working out what i wanted to say didn't exist in public why is that uh because i think you don't really know who you are when you first start doing stand-up or performing or appearing on tv and you have to go through a little bit of a learning process and you develop as a performer and and for me i was on tv from a very early age so i did a lot of that development in public and Therefore, you know, a lot of my early performances, I don't think the jokes are that good. I'm maybe not like quite settled in my own skin. Um, and I certainly didn't find my voice for the first couple of years. So, yeah, it's not necessarily work that I'm particularly proud of, but it's out there and it exists and you can find it on YouTube. So I, I kind of wish maybe I'd had a little bit more of that development uh, happen off camera. But, you know, you can't really control that. And I'm sort of happy that I've moved beyond it um, <laughs> and hopefully not a lot of people will um, remember it. Well now they're probably going and googling it all and I'm sure every American late night TV show will, will have it there yeah. for you to react yeah. to. Jack there's been talk about a sequel for Clifford are you coming back for it? Yeah I think the sequel is in development at the moment they're trying to come up with a uh, new story and uh, the writers are uh, working hurriedly to try and think of a new um, adventure to send Clifford and Emily and Kate on so yeah I'll, I'll be more than happy to jump back into it um because i had so much fun filming the first one and it would be lovely to get the chance to do it all over again well looking forward to seeing you in that but in the meantime we have clifford the big red dog jack thank you so much for taking time to chat thanks very much nice to speak to you Clifford the Big Red Dog is in cinemas now and you know what, if you're looking for something to do with the kids and you want it indoors this is a fun one for all the family Producer Aoife is in studio with me because there has been a lot going on this week and um, I know this is your segment that I tend to hijack from time to time. <laughs> can we just start with this? Can I start by saying spoiler-free zone? Yes. But we cannot talk about what did I miss and not mention that the girls are back. Yeah. Sex in the City. It's called And Just Like That this time. Yeah, I didn't realise that. So I have to admit, I am not a Sex in the City watcher. Okay. I never have been. I watched the movies. I've seen a couple of episodes, but I'm not really invested then I don't think this is for you. Yeah. Because I was watching it going, really, if you've never seen the show, you know how sometimes there's remakes and you can just jump in and go, Man, I haven't seen the original, but that's yeah. okay. I, I think even though they've moved on and there's all these brand new characters that you've never m met, I think you really need to have an affinity with the girls yeah. to actually um, connect with the show. Now, I don't think anyone can judge it based on the first two episodes because the first two episodes was really just about setting it up. Yeah. I think they handle the Samantha thing really, really well. Was I a blubbering mess? Yes. <laughs> Did I, at the end of the first episode, go, huh? <laughs> Am I annoyed at all the publications out there? And I'm not just talking about, you know, individual people on Twitter. Publications, media outlets that should know better than to have headlines with what actually happens mm. in the season, in the series. Can we stop that? Yeah. I, like, what it's very is, annoying. Yeah, I, I get it on Twitter when people are out there and wanting to spoil it, but I don't get the publications actually doing it on purpose just to get the click. Can you please stop that? Because I was lucky. I started watching it at 8 o'clock when it dropped for the fear that 
it would be ruined for us. I but saw a lot of people saying they were avoiding social media to just like but see, not this is the get thing. anything like you're, that. You're avoiding social media, but you're not avoiding media. And you're thinking that the media would have kept yeah. it spoiler free. So, you know, here at Spin, we are all about spoiler free. All I will say is tissues at the ready, big shock. It's been great to sort of just talk to... As soon as it finished, all my girlfriends and I were texting each other going, hurry up and watch. I need to debrief. <laughs> need you're, to going to, you're going to need to debrief with somebody. But um, it is, it's good. That it's back. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, maybe I will give it a go. I don't know, start with the original <laughs> first. <laughs> well, my thing that I want everyone to know about this week, there's a reason I love TikTok, Serena, and it's because of this. What have I been up to since, I don't know, Step Up, Camp Rock, Missy Elliott, Cheaper. Um, so I thought I'd give you an update. Who's that? You might not know who that is, but anyone of sort of my generation, I think, will. That is Alison Stoner. She was hugely famous for being in all of Missy Elliott's videos back in the 2000s as a dancer. She's in Cheap by the Dozen, Camp Rock, as she mentioned. I had forgotten about her, and she's just gone viral again because she put up a video of her dancing to Adele, and everyone on TikTok is freaking out, being like, oh my God, this is the first time we've seen you. Where have you been? So she's put up a video explaining she does actually have a lot going on. She's still in TV, movies, all of that, and she also has a mindful movement company now as well. Oh, wow. But I love TikTok for this stuff. Yeah. I love... It's such, it's so much more personal, I find. I'm getting to listen and sit and listen to her talk about her life like she's just right there in front of me. It's great. I think that's the thing. People can... Re- and I know we've been able to tell our own stories for so long, but there is something about TikTok where you can tell yeah. your story in whichever way you want it. Yeah. They're like bite-sized vlogs. Yeah. 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 I'm so enjoying that. I was loving watching all... Binging all of her TikTok this week. <laughs> and finally, it's been announced that on January... January... Why can't I say that? January 1st, the cast of... Harry Potter are coming back together and doing, you know, it's been 20 years and we all can't wait for that. We don't have any info on that, I'm sorry. But (laughs) we do have some great great news about Hogwarts. Yes. First, does it really exist? (laughs) I know that we aren't even over Christmas yet, but if you have a significant other in your life who is a Harry Potter fan, I would listen up right now. Come Valentine's Day, the Warner Brothers Studios in London are going to be hosting a three-course Valentine's dinner in Hogwarts in the studios. No way. Yes. So tickets are actually going on sale on Thursday the 16th of December. So make sure you do get them because I imagine they're going to be like gold dust. But you get through the whole experience, uh, the studios after hours, you get your dinner, butterbeer, the whole lot. It sounds Amazing. You know what? I'm a bah humbug when it comes to Valentine's <laughs> Day. I don't do it. But for this, doesn't it sound sign magical? me up. Yeah, that sounds yeah. amazing. <laughs> Talking about magical, this time of the year, Aoife, is when some of my favourite cheesiest music gets released. I know. I can't believe I have a lineup of Christmas music for <laughs> you for Music Fix this week. We've got the new one from Tom Walker and uh, some Christmas remixes, which we'll have a chat about later on, and a big, huge disco dance track for you as well coming along. I cannot wait. It's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On spin. It's a bittersweet moment for fans of The Expanse as yesterday saw the first episode of the sixth and final season premiere on Amazon Prime. If you don't know what this series is all about, it's based on the best-selling book series, which is set in the 24th centuries. In At this time... Things are very, very different. The humans have colonised the solar system and a group of humans have actually untangled a vast plot which threatens the stability of the solar system. Do you know who can tell us more about it? The showrunners. Why don't we catch up with them? Guys, great to meet you all. 
Likewise. Same here. Ty, how does it feel to be talking to me about, well, not just to me, but to the world, about <laughs> the possible final season of The Expanse? It's sad to to know that I'm not going to be working with this crew again right away. But it's also, you know, I mean, it's been seven years of doing this. It's uh, it's nice to take a little break. So it's sadness mixed with a bit of relief at the same time. <laughs> but Daniel, is it really over? Because I was just talking to a couple of the cast. I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know if it's really, really over. Or are they just living in hope? Well, I think we're all living in hope. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, for on, on all kinds of levels. Uh, there's three more books. You know, this, this, we're at a, a good stopping plate. We have a good ending for the show. And if something else happened, something else would happen. Naren, TV is not new to you. And you know the world. As TV is the world of, like, ups and downs. But how do you deal with all the ups and downs? The whole, okay, you get to go to air. Okay, you're cancelled. Now someone else has picked you up. How do you <laughs> deal with that emotional roller coaster? I tend to be a, a fairly sort of steady personality. Although I will say this, Ty in particular was like, no, we're going to be fine. Nah, we're going to be fine. It's like wh whenever it was like, well, I don't know, guys, I think it's always like, Ty's like, nah, we're going to be fine. It's like, I remember calling these guys the night that Amazon picked up the show miraculously and, and Jeff Bezos said, we're saving the expanse. I called Ty and I said, this happened. This is amazing. He goes, yeah, nah, that's, that's good. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. It's like, <laughs> It's like, okay. So, yeah, these guys, yeah, they seem to know. <laughs> Daniel, what are you hoping that, well, okay, we're not going to say it's the final, final season yet, but what are you hoping that the fans take from this season? How do you hope they walk away after they've seen the final episode of season six? I, I hope that they walk away feeling like we kept our promise. I hope that they can go back and watch it again from the beginning and say, yeah, no. This is, this is the story they promised us, and this is the story they told. And there are these great little x-ray segments that oh, Amazon yeah. did this year. Um, and I so encourage the fans to go and watch them. The one that ends episode five. It's the last of them. Will make you want to go back and watch the show. Yeah. From the beginning. The, our writers, uh, Juliana and Glenton, wrote them. And Wes Chatham wrote one of them. Lou and Webb, our second unit director, he directed all of them. It was. It's really, they're, they're fun. Um, and it'll, it'll put you in the mind to go back to the beginning. And we highly encourage people to do that. Well, after talking to you guys, I'm thinking... But this isn't going to be the end end. So I'm just going to say, enjoy this season and enjoy the break. And I might see you back <laughs> in a few minutes. Thank you. Like Thank the you. way you think. Weekly episodes of The Expanse are landing on Amazon Prime every Friday. This is a new music spotlight. On the Bellissimo Files. On the Bellissimo Files. I know I say this every week that I'm very excited, but this week it is a Christmas special. I know. For I know last week we said that we didn't really have many Christmas songs and music fix before, and now I'm bringing you a whole load of them. It's very exciting. I love it. Tell me what you're starting with, Aoife. We're kicking off with this new one from Tom Walker. Brace yourselves. It's an emotional one. It's called For Those Who Can't Be Here. Oh no, just the title is setting <laughs> me off. There's someone on your mind First Christmas time without him by your side I know the sound of Christmas bells They never say farewell So we laugh, we shed a tear For those who can't be here 
Aoife, you're just going to have to take over. <laughs> Isn't that just lovely? Oh, well, like, I feel it's given me a little bit of um, the vibes of uh, Coldplay's Christmas song, that kind of melancholy, but it's still really sweet. He talks about a lot of Christmas traditions in it. And I know, Serena, this is going to send you over the edge, but I just need to tell it as part of the information of the song, so bear with me. He wrote it last year for his mum after they lost his granddad before Christmas last year. So it has a lot of meaning in it. It's absolutely gorgeous. I just love that from him. It's just stunning. And I know it's about um, someone he's lost. And so many of us are spending Christmas with with someone who we've just lost this year or even, you know, those who are on the other side of the world. Yeah. It's such a tough one. I need to move on from that because I'm yeah. going to be yeah. a Well, I'm going to bring you on a totally different Go place on. here. <laughs> we love BTS here. They've given us a Christmas remix of their big track, Butter. This is it. I think you're going to love it. I know, I just love the little saxophone solo. It's so <laughs> random. I love it. Uh, it's very, very like bouncy and Christmassy. So I am really liking that from them. It's very random, but I'm loving it. Me too. They are both up for your Bellissimo Falls track of the week. Uh, you can head over and have your last minute vote on our Instagram at official spin one and three while we take and listen to this. This is from Joel Corey and Mabel. It's their Christmas version of I Wish. Tell me now, it's the night. The snow is gonna fall because there's no going back. Aoife, we opened the show with the regular version yes. of I Wish, and I love the regular version, but what is it with Christmas? Like, Isn't put those it? little, like, the bells. Little jingles, yeah. the little bells. It's just, do you know what? A lot of time Christmas music comes out, it's very, very overly cheesy yeah. and a bit too much. All the stuff that's out this year, I'm really, really loving. And of course, don't forget, you can catch Joel as well here on Spin Now on Friday nights. He is the newest member of the Spin team. We are absolutely loving having him here. And he's playing a bit heavier stuff than that now on a Friday, but it's brill. I was listening last <laughs> night and I was having my own party in my kitchen. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. As I love this. Come on. Are you ready? Eva's dance track of the week. Just clap your hands to the beat. <laughs> I'm sure Joel will be playing this on his show. Oh, I hope let me so. play this I... on my show, <laughs> on our show. <laughs> what have you got? I am bringing you a big banging disco dance track this week. It's from Mark Knight. It's a remix of Mason and it's called Giving It Up. Joel Curry wouldn't make me stop that. I know, I know. And look, I have to say, as I'm sure everyone is feeling, I'm sure Joel is feeling, and anyone who listens to the show is, I, all I want for Christmas is a big rave. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. And look, um, hopefully... We will get that soon. Yeah. We're not having the big rave we want, but we're having some fabulous Christmas music. Yes, this is voted for by you. It is the Bellissimo Falls track of the week, the gorgeous new track from Tom Walker called For Those Who Can't Be Here.
the lights upon the tree and all the presents underneath light the fire is getting cold what a beautiful beautiful song you voted that your bellissimo files single of the week it's tom walker's christmas song for those who can't be here Eva, we're on the brink of tears how many times i know it's just oh so heartwarming yeah, listen to the words when you get a chance. We were saying it's the type of song that you're going to put on if you want a cathartic cry, but it's also the type of song that you'll be singing at the top of the lungs, yeah. your lungs to make you feel better sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, That's a nice way to end this Isn't week's it? show. Yeah, if you missed anything, you can catch it back up on our website, spin1038.com. Chats with Henry Cavill and Jack Whitehall. Up next, it's Neveny Cronin with Pop Radio. Aoife and I will be back next week. Enjoy what's left of your weekend and we'll chat to you then. Bye.